certain clients are attracted to Jamie's style and then others are more comfortable with me. So, and we figure that out pretty early on. <laughs> you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. I mean, the ones that are a little bit sassier, <laughs> like me. Well, that's that self-reflection too, right? I'm like, I don't you know? think they're, I don't, I'm too much. <laughs> We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. So hey, everybody, we're back. And we want to start out the show today by just checking in with everybody and seeing what uh, we've all been up to. Um, so I'm going to start with Vaughn and find out what's been going on with you. And I noticed you've been posting a ton on your YouTube channel. So tell us about that. Well, that goes back to when I went to Creative South back in April and hung out with Christo and he told me, you know, I should be posting on YouTube. So it took me a little over a month to get around to getting the content ready. But every week now moving forward, I'm posting a new movie and, um, I'm almost to the point where I'm monetized. It's going to take about, I had 616 watchable hours last month. So I'm about 1200 away from being monetized. Fantastic. So, well, you've been posting awesome. like crazy. Yeah. Great. I've been, re some of it's recycling content that I had done for LinkedIn, but I own the copyright. So I refurbish it and post it on my YouTube channel. So, and what is the yeah. YouTube channel? How do people find you? Uh, you can just uh, Google Glitchka Studios YouTube, and you'll find it. Or just type in pplluvprocess.com, and it'll take you to it. It's easier just go YouTube and type in Glitchka Studios, and you'll find it. Okay, great. Um, but that's the positive thing that's been going on. I that's been fun watching people i i like interacting with the people who watch it and comment and talking to them somebody posted that yesterday on the last one i did just that's effing cool and so i just i just replied back i said thanks a whole and then i did the cartoon swearing language uh -huh. type thing a lot you know i don't know it's just it's funny that's cute but, um uh but then then the the reality of i mean things have still been kind of slow which is it's okay some things are coming in but other things are slow but um uh the other day i went to access something from my workstation i'm going why is what what's going on i like i thought i had to reboot my drobo and i go over and it's just blinking it's just a red light and that's like not a good thing that usually means like I have a five raid system in that one Drobo. I have three of them. And what's a, what's a Drobo? Not everybody it, knows what that a, is. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I NAS. it was just me. It's a, it's like a, think of it as a, as a server archive backup. Okay. It's, it's a set of each Drobo that I have can have five drives in it. And so this one has about, I don't know, five terabytes made up of five drives. 
you back up stuff to it, and then two of those drives can go bad and you still don't lose anything. That's why I use it. Oh, that's awesome. But that one gave a red light. So I thought, oh, the red light usually means you're running out of space. You have to replace the drive or add another drive if you don't have all five bays filled. So I bought an eight terabyte hard drive and put it in and it still wouldn't work. Then I started Googling to try to figure out what's going on and discovered that the model I had has a flaw in the design. It's called the red eye of death. Well, that's not good. good, That's not a good nickname. Yeah. No. So I realized, well, this sucks. So I went to, to contact Drobo and then talking to somebody else about Drobo, he said, did you see this article? And it was from the end of July and I had never heard about it. Well, they're filing chapter 11. So my whole archive system that I've been using for 15 oh. years now is like going bye-bye. So oh. one drobo one went bad. My entire archive of video and files are on my other two. So thankfully, even if I lose that, I don't think I'm going to lose them. I, But I have to figure out something to, to move my whole system. And that took me about a week to figure out and i and saw so you I chatting just, about it online yeah i i i i ended up everybody i talked to who's photographers or do video editing they all recommend synology so i got one of their devices and it's supposed to show up today and so if i can get to it this week and i will i don't know if i can i have to work over the weekend to get a course done by monday for linkedin um so basically transferring about 40 some terabytes of information to the new system without corrupting anything. And I don't know, it's just going to be a nightmare. I'm not looking forward oh to it. Oh my God, man. But once it's in place, right, I dude. think it's going to work better. So so do any, and I know we need to move on, but do <laughs> any of these systems like have local and cloud backup together? Yeah, well, I have I I have cloud backup. It's not like if you know a drone strike hit my house, I'd lose everything. I have I use I use Backblaze as my offsite um, archiving. Like when I first set that up years ago, it took forty eight days to back up my whole system to their servers. So everything, every critical thing that is is continuously being backed up offsite. But I mean, obviously I want to be able to archive and, and access stuff fast. And that's right. why I've used Drobo, but now I just have to, it'll just be a different, it'll work pretty much the same way, but I think it'll be better. So the joys. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Justin? Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> I've actually had a, a, a good week. Uh, it feels like I'm stringing some more of those together, but that's good. you know, we're, uh, we found a couple new teammates, which is really great. And, and then, um, uh, one of our hires who I just loved her so much. Um, she was so excited to, uh, join our team. Um, but she really didn't share with us that she wanted to wait a few more months because she was, you know, needed to be home with her, um, kid and everything else. And so she didn't have to like after three days, be like, I, I, I gotta come back in a couple of months or whatever. It's just, and, and, I'm not upset about it, but it's one of those things where it feels like 2022 for us has been like this churn of either like really challenging projects or, you know, um, uh, just finding the right people to, 
to fit where we're going. So, um, so that is still going on, but I feel like it's some parts of it and maybe I'm just, you know, kind of getting, um, immune to it or, or comfortable with just, you know, um, just some of the anxiety of getting stuff done and finding the right people. But, Mm -hmm. um, so we're still in that space, but I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel and we have some other things happening that I'm not ready to share yet, but, um, those things all happen. Um, it'd be really interesting. 2023. Cool. I know Jamie wants to talk last on this one, so I'm going to jump in. So, um, things have been really busy with work. It's been a consistent flow of work, which has been, you know, I like it that way, but then there's, um, all sorts of, I want to say extracurricular things that we've been doing, including the shit show. Jamie and I are starting our own podcast for Clear Brand Strategy. We just did some of the recording. So I've been doing a lot of editing. And uh, (laughs) I learned I actually love doing the editing. It's fun. And I'm getting better at it and faster, so that's good. Um, But then I've also been a little bit obsessed with the idea of course creation. Um, I spent the last week doing Amy Porterfield's a workshop that she had for a week and I've decided I'm going to do her whole digital course Academy, which is like a nine week program and see where that leads along with Jamie. So a lot of good things like, like you, it's like, I'm not quite sure where this is all going, but I feel like I want to make some changes. And uh, so this should be interesting. Not going to share everything right now, but I think it'll be fun. Yeah. We'll build in public, but we're not quite there. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, it it has been a crazy time, I think, you know, um, just, you know, sometimes I think I agree my ADHD gets the best of me and I feel like I got to jump from project to project. And, you know, you could call that the entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know what to call it, but I, I feel like I'm not very settled right now. And I can I can definitely react to the environment of uncertainty that feels like is kind of hovering around everybody right now as far as work goes and the world at large goes and the economy goes. And so I've been doing a lot of reading, just trying to, trying to, I don't know if I'm trying to reinforce, you know, the thoughts I'm having or figure out if other people are having them too. But I keep stumbling across, you know, just articles about about entrepreneurs and how we're handling being entrepreneurs and owning our our own business. And and just this last week or so, I stumbled across this article called uh, The Five Ways to Overcome Common Entrepreneurial Challenges. And just from the title alone, I was like, well, you've (laughs) piqued my interest. What are those things? You know, and um, I thought it might be fun to just chat about them with you guys and share some of our experiences with our audience and see if some of this resonates. Um, you know, are you guys down with that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So um, the, the article is kind of just about helping people who are either getting started in entrepreneurialism or, um, you know, reassessing, um, which I think a lot of people are doing during this time, just being honest with yourself about how you're running your business, whether it's just you as a solopreneur or, or you're running your own agency. Um, I think it's important periodically to just try to be a little bit introspective. Um, So the first topic that kind of, you know, came up in this article was about understanding how your uh, personal habits honestly affect your business. Um, This is kind of down that pathway of accepting your flaws and, and accepting criticism when people offer it to you. And 
I know for me, this, this is a, um, something that I've really in the last five years embraced. Um, I used to be very, uh, it was very difficult for me to take criticism. I, I took it very personally and I felt like very offended when people would critique me personally, but working with Karen, you get some tough skin and, um, my upbringing you know, helps with that. <laughs> but, um, I do think it's important to, to think about, you know, the things that you don't always do right, you know, when you're, when you're doing business and to surround yourself with people who are not afraid to tell you, what do you guys think about that? Like, give, give me an example of something Karen said to you that you struggled okay. with. Well, no, I'm not asking for dirt. I'm just trying no. to make a relatable situation that I could well, pull from. So we're, so like she said, we're, we're talking about making some small shifts towards, you know, different income streams and, and wanting to record more of our thoughts. And so, you know, I have a tendency to put my hand across my mouth when I talk, because I don't know if that's just, I get nervous about, you know, being heard or I'm unsure of what I'm saying. And I feel like I do it when I'm unsure. Um, it's just a bad habit that I've been doing forever. My husband's been telling me forever, can't hear you when you have your hand across your mouth. I know that sounds silly, but when you're recording and you, and you need to be heard, you know, it's important for somebody to just stand up and say, hey, you know, you know what you do sometimes when you're, you know, recording is take your hand away from your mouth, you know, but then there's other things like if we're leaving a client meeting and maybe I've shared too many ideas or something because I got excited, you know, Karen might be like, hey, I'm not telling you to hold back ideas because those are great ideas but just maybe save some for the next meeting or yep. you know just giving me you know some cues to help me kind of not censor myself but just be better i've never noticed that about you <laughs> maybe i don't know then again my wife always tells me like okay this kind of relates to that so we we were we were somewhere at somebody's house i don't even remember the full context but um somebody came up to me and said something and I replied back. And then in the car, my wife just goes, you don't get it. Yeah. And I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she's going, that's not what they meant. And I go, that's exactly what they said. And I go, but that's not what they meant. And I go, what are you talking about? And then she clued me in. I go, no, that's what they meant. Are you sure? And she's going, Oh, I'm very sure, but I know you're not, you know, and it's like, exactly. that's how, and, that, and that'd be, if it, that was one time, then, you know, that's I'd write it up. That's a good example. I'm trying to think of one that I actually remember because I'm not logging it in correctly when I take it in. It's only after the fact I'm pointing out that that's not right. Um, <laughs> but then you I start thinking, you're like, how contact. many other times have I done this? You know, like how many other times have I missed yeah. the complete conversation point? You well, know? I guess that's my takeaway is I know for me, I really need to, if somebody has taken the time to tell me something that I know is important to them, I really have to focus. Otherwise, it's easy for me just to hear it, but really not listen, you know, and and that's. I guess that's my problem. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I love reading detective books, but I'd be a horrible detective because I can't pick <laughs> up on the obvious stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like, really? Okay. Yes. I wanted to build off what you're sharing. You know, I, when we were in person, I loved, you know, going and connecting with my team and if they were struggling with something, you know, I could, I, I felt like, you know, you could read the room and, and, you know, be there for them. And then, 
and went to virtual, I thought like, you know, my team wanted me just to be like Mr. Cheerleader and there for them. And, you know, uh, we finally did like this survey. I was blown away on how frustrated and disappointed they were. And some people were because they wanted me just to listen more. And, and I thought here I was master listener, right? Uh, I had, I was doing all this thing really, really well. That really, um, I was very grateful for it, but at the time I was really bummed out. Right. I was just like, Oh shoot. I thought I was doing such a good job, but you know, I, I really wasn't. Hmm. That's hard. So they want, is it more or less like, especially in the context of COVID, they wanted you just to be realistic, whether you're, you're happy or not, just like to have a commonality. Is that kind of what you're saying? Or they wanted you to hear them versus. <clears throat> it was more of they, you know, I was trying to be so positive. Like I was going overboard, you know? Because, and I think in hindsight, if you know, kind of thinking about that, I was super depressed and super fearful and anxious. And so that probably is coming out times 10. And so I'm like, you know, uh, I, they said, you often say it'll be fine. It'll all work out, which I believe that to be true. But I think they heard, they felt like I was just kind of brushing it under the rug. I wasn't really listening to their emotions and, and I was, but what they didn't realize and what I couldn't articulate is that was making me even more anxious and more fearful and, and, you know, uh, more, uh, not sure what was going ahead. And so I felt like my job, instead of sharing with them that, hey, yeah, I'm scared too, and mm-hmm. we'll get through it together, you know, I was just like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be great because, you know, uh, there was times where we're all we're super overwhelmed, right? And I went back and I remember I had a conversation with them. I was like, hey, y'all, I'm doing the best I can, but, you know, here's the reality. I don't know how things are going to turn out. You know, we're all doing the best we can and, and I'm really grateful for your feedback, but I wish you felt comfortable to kind of share this with me directly because I thought we could have those honest conversations. And it's not that we couldn't, but I often forget in that space, no matter what I think, no matter how well I feel our relationships are, I'm still the boss. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I'm going to say I'm good with that, but I, I, I learned that people aren't always going to tell you what the truth, right? They're going to tell you what you, you think you want to hear. And so um, that was a humbling for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Karen? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I'm so, I've been so reactive to everything because I've been busy trying to accomplish a lot that I don't have time to to stop and think about anything. It's kind of weird. I mean, I- That's actually a, kind of fits right in, right? Not yeah, taking I just time don't, to- I don't have time to really reflect, which is why even the stuff I'm, the other stuff that I'm busy doing- I'm in it and I'm, you know, I like being task oriented, I think, to a degree. If anything, I find myself, for whatever reason, having a problem with not being able, not feeling like doing something. And then I'm having a struggle getting it done, like, because mm-hmm. I'd rather be doing something else. That's a problem. You're in like and learning know, mode, not doing mode. I know that's a problem. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know, T- Jamie, you work with me. How am I? <laughs> No, I mean, I think you described it. I think just maybe not having the time to to strategize or or think ahead because, like you said, it's kind of been reactive, you know. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think I'd love, you know, love to have more time to be thinking, you know, strategically about our own business the way we think about our clients' business, you know. Right. Like I know you're always trying. You like you. I need your time. I need the, you know. And yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge. And now I feel like I keep piling on more stuff. And I know that. But and and I don't want to say saying no is a problem because some of it is I want to make the money. But I, I probably over I overcommit to doing things. And 
you know, then I'm like, oh, crap, I don't feel like, you know, working 80 hours. So I don't know. I just, it's really, I think it's very, very hard for a self-employed person in their own space all of the time to self-reflect. As you know, I've been doing it forever and I'm pretty good at it. But when you're so busy, it's hard to kind of self-reflect you know, question if you're doing it right. Yeah. I don't think there's any way you could do it if you're super busy and you're in your own space all the time. That would be super challenging. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, I am grateful to have Jamie. If I hope just like I might say something to her that she would say something to me. You know? I and, I take, and I take criticism well, I think, don't I? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd yep. like roll it off. I don't care. It bothers me if somebody doesn't say something. I yeah, she'll that. be like, just spit it out. Just, just say it. You clearly want to say something. Just spit it out, you know? No, it's perfect. I mean, I think you lean kind of into the next point of this article, which was, you know, really about trying to let go of excessive control of things, you know? So I, I think, I don't know, sometimes I feel like maybe Vaughn, I'm wrong, but I'll start with you because I, I think you could go interested. You know, I think you could make an interesting point here, but, you know, if you get kind of in your own head and then you have ways that you want to do things and it's very specific to your business and it's very process oriented. And then when some wrench gets thrown into your system, it can be hard to let go of that control and, and to, to let, uh, you know, to build a team and let other people do things without, you know, yep. without involving yourself. That's no, that's one point. of the, the saboteur questions was kind of around that and that spiked out on the, the high end. Definitely. <laughs> Especially, I you know, I, actually that test, I like taking those questions better than I did the Ingram one. It's like, uh -huh. I have the chart. It, it already sent me back the chart. So it's like, I'm off the charts with being a stickler. So <laughs> I can totally see that. No. Hyperachiever, a controller, uh, restless. The lowest one is hyper rational. Those kind of people annoy me, so that doesn't surprise me. That's on the bottom end. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take this rational. test. I can't wait. <laughs> hey, Justin, because you're in your you're in your agency. I mean, this can be hard too. Like you were just kind of intimating that, like when to give feedback and when to be asked for feedback. I mean, that's a hard balance, you know, when yeah. to let go and let your team run it. Yeah, the last couple of years, I stepped out of the creative direction role. I thought I was really ready to do that. And I was more ready than I wasn't. But there was definitely some parts where I felt like, you know, there was a, there, I was letting a piece of myself go. But as soon as I got comfortable with that and really leaned into the strategy side and doing some of the new business side and then actually help with some of the ideas, man, our creative just exploded. Then I was like, wow, how long have I been a, a bottleneck uh, for this? So um, I think what I love about the article, Jamie, that you shared is that, you know, all of us at certain stages and will continue to happen in certain stages of our career that we're going to have to let stuff go okay. that will impact our jobs, our relationships, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, what about you, Jamie? What what what's your what's the thing that you most have your, you know, firm grasp on that you should loosen it a little bit? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> what you have to loosen me? <laughs> you have to let go of me a little bit. I do. I I, I did not realize because of I think my former role how many things I was project managing in that role, including myself and, and, you know, and my team around me. But, you know, you know, I mean, when you sit in a communications kind of chair that, you know, you have a lot of things that are a lot of balls in the air. I hate saying that, but I'm going to say it anyway, but just a lot of things that you're trying to juggle all at once. And so many. 
I, I missed, I think I missed project management a little bit and I didn't realize that, you know, so when I was just being a solopreneur, I was kind of doing my own thing. I was project managing myself, project managing the client. And then when Karen and I partnered up, you know, it's different because we're a team, you know, she doesn't work for me. I don't work for her. We work with each other. And, but there are times when, you know, we've discussed in the past, you know, if I've got, if I'm lead on a, on a client, things have to get done. You know, I got to figure out where those projects fit in, in Karen's schedule. And we don't disclose every project we're working on with each other all the time. So I think just finding that balance of, of letting her do her own thing and, and trying to figure out, you know, when I'm going to get the things back that I need (laughs) that do impact my bottom line, you know, quite Mm -hmm. honestly, you know, I think, but I, I got to just trust she's been doing it forever and she knows what she's doing and she'll ask me when she wants me to step in and help me, you help manage yeah so where between your two like how do i put this like when i work well i'll I'll give the analogy with a client so a client asked me to design some icons for him and he said i'm seeing you know i was wondering if you could take a couple hours and explore this and i had to go hold on we charge this minimum rate per icon doesn't matter what the icons are for and I need it. And for that, you get one round of exploration. So only one round of changes. And uh, I need to know the name of the icon, what it's supposed to represent. And you need to deliver an itemized list. And it's like, it's like, I don't even want to consider anything unless they can organize it in a structure that I can take in and just move with it. So when you two work together, what were the things going from like that that you had to learn to get used to from each side whether it's jamie getting used to how karen structures stuff or karen getting used to how jamie needs to take stuff in you want me to go because i have yeah yeah i mean i think we had to build a process for sure i think you know because in the beginning we were both delicately i think not trying to step on each other's toes because we had owned our own businesses and we were just like, oh, I know what I need to do, but we weren't communicating yeah. a- about what we were doing. So I think once we learned, hey, content comes before design, you're good at strategizing for this particular type of project. Why don't you take the lead on that? I think it was kind of giving up control, you know, and saying, hey, this client really vibes with you. Why don't you take lead and I'll, and I do my best. Like when, if Karen's in charge, I try to just, even though I have so many questions and things that I want to say to keep the project moving, I try to trust that she knows what she's doing and she's going to come to me and say, hey, I need that content by Monday, or I need you to, you know, do these, this, this, and this, you know, and I think just building in that process and, and just over time, I think we have a I don't know. Karen and I share a brain sometimes, like because mm-hmm. kind of we do weird. we do weird shit all the time. We both cleaned out our offices last weekend and moved every and bit of furniture them. around, and did not know that each other were doing that in completely different states or whatever. I sent her a picture, and she was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" She was just like, "I just did the same exact thing yesterday," and it was like just weird, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I think we did have to put processes in place. That mm-hmm. was something. And I'm very process oriented as far as, you know, we set up, first we set up Asana and, you know, tried to make that work. And, but now we're in Notion and I think it's working for both of us and it's wonderful. Getting everything on the cloud as far as, you know, documents on the cloud so we can share all the time and everything. If one of us is feeling like out of sorts about something, we just get on the phone and talk about it. I think it's gone weirdly smoothly. 
Yeah, right. until today when I called you, Vaughn, Karen's like the only person I ever talked to on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> we do a lot of texting back and forth all day, all the time. And, you yeah. know, even if we're working on, not necessarily working on clear brand strategy projects, we know what each other is good at. And Jamie is fantastic with project management. And I think if anything, it's opened me up to be able to do more of the artwork, which is great. But then as we've talked about in other episodes, certain clients are attracted to Jamie's style and then others are more comfortable with me. So, and we figure that out pretty early on. <laughs> you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. I mean, the ones that are a little bit sassier, <laughs> like me. Well, that's that self-reflection too, right? I'm like, I don't you know? think they're, I don't, I'm too much. But that's, but that's a huge benefit. I mean, that's the Oh, nice it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then the other weird thing is we did some recording this past weekend and we said at the end, it was like, we just kind of carry each other or lift each other. Man, this We're is lucky. such a good segue very, very into, into the next topic. <laughs> You're just like, like, I think that's. You know, staying motivated and, and like we keep saying, I don't mean to keep harping on the economy, but I mean, it's not like I'm living in a vacuum. We can all feel it. You know, clients are moving around. We've got clients. We had a client leave in, within an organization last week and shift and we're God, we're going to miss her so much because she's like that once in a lifetime client within a client, you know, that you just yeah. you trust and love them, you mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, owning a business is is tough. But like sustaining motivation is, I think, especially when times are hard, is harder. I mean, how are you guys staying motivated right now? I can speak to that a little bit. Part of it is responsibility, a sense of responsibility, just getting it done, a sense of that responsibility of the partnership with the client. That's a big thing that drives me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I can relate to that. I think I would say for, for sure the last three years have been the hardest I've had running Rule 29. And this year has actually been bananas. And I think it's harder this year only because I think I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't had as many conversations with myself, I think, with all the previous years combined that I've had this year of like, okay, today's going to be a good day. Let's get out there and crush it. And here's the thing. I have great teammates. We have great clients. But there's always that one or two whatever that's just just grinding me down. And I'm just like, oh, I got to be, you know, um, positive. Like, you know, you guys have all had the same thing where, uh, you know, a client says, hey, I need it right away. And they commit to doing all their part and then they don't. And then they're pissed because you're not going to hit their deadline. And I'm just like, I don't have an, I don't have enough Fs to give anymore when that happens, <laughs> you know, because I'm just like, hey, we, it was clear, you know, we're going to deliver it a week late. You know, that's just the way it's going to go. And so part of me f wishes I would have had that early. And I feel like Karen is probably, that's your magic superpower to be able to, uh, you know, have that like, hey, well, this is the way we set it up, you know, and Man, we'll do our best. But it. but anyways, I, I think the whip. To, stay, to stay motivated, she's I think so good Karen is point. I feel very responsible and I'm very passionate about doing a great job. That's number one. And number two, you know, I, I signed up for a group a couple of years ago. And so we can just go and commiserate just about business and the economy and all that sort of thing. And just feel like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And then I don't have to take that crap home, right? And, right. And, and, and that's big. Yeah. What I really loved about that article, Jamie, is, is you, as we go through all the points, I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I get this. Yep. Yep. I'm here with this. And yeah, I get that. And I think we, we've all evolved in the last, at least I could speak for myself, the last three years more than I, I have, you know, um, you know, from A to Z. Uh, 
uh, since owning the company. But what about you, Vaughn? What do you do to keep motivated? Um, trying new things. You know, this whole YouTube things. I mean, it's a new platform, but I don't know if it's going to work. Wait, YouTube out is brand new. It just came out. Is it? I've never heard of this platform. I what mean, are you talking about? What's this YouTube you speak of? I mean, you did that one up high for me, just so you know. Um, <laughs> sorry, Vaughn. What were you saying? <laughs> no, just anyway. just trying anything and everything. I, I I almost feel like I did when I first started my business or the last couple of years, which was you know not really kind of taking anything that came my way. I got pretty selective over the past five years and go, yeah, I don't want to do that. And um, I try to try to consider things that normally I would kind of shy away from just because I'm not really interested, but or it's not fun work per se, but it's not bad. Yeah, that's I've been focusing on a lot of stuff like that, but it's opened up other opportunities. So it's but man, I, I can't I've quoted so many projects this year, more than any other year where they've just didn't go anywhere or it started off great, looked like it was going to go somewhere. And then like, uh, I know three of them just got tanked just because the shift in the economy. And so they either postponed it or decided not to do it. And it's actually worked out okay because, you know, you know, Savannah's situation that hasn't changed much. And I'm still, you know, I still pay her salary every month, but she's not really doing anything. So I don't know. I don't know how, how long. Probably I'm ready for you to hire me. I'd be happy to do that. Really? We're all going to come work for you, Vaughn. Yes. I, I bet if you put that application out there, you would get so many hits, you know, just saying. me. No. Yeah. No. You're like a rock star. People Steph, want to work for you. Uh, Stefan, I remember when he was looking for a, a new creative director position before he landed the one at um, first person. Yeah, first person. He, he was he was getting frustrated because he wasn't landing any interviews or it wasn't going anywhere if he got interest and somebody was interested in him. And it was at a time when um, Spin Masters approached him about being a creative director. And he's excited about that. And I thought, hey, that's good. And then that didn't go anywhere. And then he is kind of frustrated. And I told him, I go, look, it's not because of your resume. I go, I bet here's what I'm going to do. So I said, I'm going to find a job that I qualify for that actually sounds interesting. And I'm going to apply for it. And I did that on two jobs. I didn't hear nothing back from him. One of them I found out about just because I went looking was at LinkedIn, it's their in, in-house creative marketing department. It's specialized design promotions to, I don't know, do whatever to help uh, LinkedIn. And I go, God, that actually sounds like a decent gig. And it was remote, so I wouldn't have to move or anything. So, so I actually applied to it, didn't go anywhere. E- even though I had um, all these people write recommendations for me, you know, didn't go anywhere. And then I noticed a year later, and then I told Stefan, basically, see, it's not just you. I think it's just the way it works now. Um, a year later, that same position opens up. So whoever they did hire didn't stay there. And that then I decide I'm going to apply to it again. But this time I called all the people I knew within LinkedIn and LinkedIn Learning. Like um, Christine gave me, wrote me and 
I forget what they call it. There's a special type of communication within the company where they can recommend somebody for a position that opens up. And she did it. Two other producers did it. Another VP did it. And it didn't go anywhere. It still didn't, it still didn't help. So I don't know. I think at this point, I've there's been positions I've seen that I go, that'd be interesting. But I just- Do I, you really I, think you could work for somebody? Well, that's the other thing. I don't know. But I'd like to, if I want to try, I should be able to try. But I feel most of the time, and they would never admit this, but I think it's they look at your age and they just file you. If you're if you're not a certain age, they're, they're not even going to consider it. So I think there's a, a lot of that going on. But of course, they won't say that because it puts them in a bad position. So, Well, I also think that employers don't love to employ or hire entrepreneurial-minded people. I, I, I think agree. You're like not part of the system. Right. Yeah, well, I, I, you know? I, I will take issue with that only with, I think from when Stefan was looking to your last round of interviews, I feel like the last couple of years, that's actually dramatically changed because I know a lot of the my teammates that work for me who are very entrepreneurial-minded commanded top dollar when, you know, because they weren't necessarily interested in leaving and then they... And then they're like, well, if you, if you want me to leave, I really like it here. You'd have to pay me X. And they mm-hmm. got it. They came to me and I was like, you're getting paid how much? They're like, right. yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't match that. I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that, I, and I think part of that, Karen, and the reason, the only reason I'm, I'm saying that maybe that's not as true today as it was before is I think you have to be a little more independent, a little bit more entrepreneurial if you're going to work remote. Right. Um, and this I think that's, true. that's more of kind of, at least what have I, I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, it could be a great time if you did want to go work for someone to maybe look. Right. No, I think it's unfortunate that HR departments and employers shy away from that because the wealth of knowledge that we all have is unbelievable. But I really think that we scare them off. I think there's some of that. And then I think it's the online employment system thing that's going on right now. It's become very impersonal after watching my son apply for jobs all summer. Everything was just fill it out online, fill it out online. And he was just a number in a database. He was not, you know, a person yeah, to these joke. people until he came in, you know, and when he would go in, in person, it didn't matter. They didn't care. Oh no, you apply online. <laughs> it's like, so I, I think unless, like you said, I mean, it's good for you because you knew some people there, but it still didn't help. Like, I don't know how to break yeah. the code. Right. Well, look right at uh, Stephen Gates has had the, I mean, he's yeah. publicly talked about it all over LinkedIn and Twitter, mm-hmm. and, you know, his challenges and he's this amazing leader and would be wonderful for so many different organizations. And he's had the same problem. For the sake of time, I'm, and the next point is, you know, about being a good brand ambassador and having a communication strategy to handle positive and negative news. I think that's not really, you know, that exciting to talk about because I think it's just known that today you got to stand up for your brand and stand up for your company harder than anybody else. You got to be your own cheerleader, you know. But- the thing though is that we have to make time for it. I know I'm terrible at it and I don't make time for it. It's always giving time to everybody else. You know, it's just something that we have to keep top of mind. I know I do. You guys are actually better at it than I am. Yeah, it's definitely something you need to be proactive about. I agree. Yeah. I think it's important to just close here on, you know, talking and reminding yourself why you became an entrepreneur. And for many of us, it was about the flexibility of that role and working for yourself and finding that balance where whether it exists or it's mythical, you know, or not, but being there for your 
you know, your family, like Justin wants to get to his son's, you know, uh, football game tonight and it's important to him. And so, you know, you make time for that stuff. So, you know, you are allowed to enjoy your personal life. It's why you became a business owner in most cases. And so just quickly, you know, let's chat about, you know, how you, you know, maybe struggle or, or, or maybe, you know, find success in being present in your personal life as much as you are in business. Yeah. I'll say, I know you guys give me a lot of uh, crap for going on vacations and all that sort of thing or, or my out of office being on. Oh No, we don't. But I was, I will say something and this is, this is really serious. This is the, one of the biggest mistakes I've made the first, I would say probably the first 10, 12, maybe even 15 years of rule 29. I never took breaks. I, I miss so many things with my kids and my family and mm-hmm. it's one of my biggest regrets. I fooled myself thinking that I was doing it for them. And it not that I wasn't, but I was really fueling the things that I wanted and that I cared about. And I talked myself into the fact that I was doing it for the family when, when although that may be true, that wasn't the motivating factor. And so if, if anyone's listening to this and, and is not taking time off or not being present, um, stop doing that right away and start doing, you know, doing the things that really you can't, um, you know, you can't go back in time. I can't go back in time and do some of the things I I miss with my kids. Right. Um, or take that trip with my family. Um, so I'm trying to make up for it now. You're doing a good job. And really we're just jealous. (laughs) That's really what it is. (laughs) I want to go. I want someone else to pay for it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. No, I, I think it's important. I mean, I, you know, I have to be reminded periodically, my, my son or my husband will be like, can we just not talk about that tonight? Like, do you have to talk about your podcast? We have to talk about work. Like, you know, I have to remind myself that, that this is a, a three way uh, family thing we've got going here and everybody's lives are equally important and I need to be present. I put my phone away at dinner, you know, and things like that. We just, you can't be a, a slave to your business. I agree with that. No, I've made, yeah. I, I purposely made it a point to, um, I, I got in the bad habit for about a year to, to work over the weekend, even though I wasn't deciding to do it, it just happened. And, and so I purposely stopped doing that about a year ago. Well, is right around the same time I, I decided, okay, my, uh, my, career choice isn't helping my physical fitness. So um, that's another change that I made along with uh, the whole exercise thing is, you know, stop working, just spend time with, with family more. Um, I'm kind of thankful that when I worked at the last place I did work at as an art director, um, I got sick called in sick on a Monday, came in Tuesday early, and then they kind of let me go. And so I started looking for a job. I just couldn't, nobody wanted to hire me. It was all the, the, the overqualified type argument. And eventually my wife just said, why don't you start your own business? You've always talked about it. And so I did. It, it's the, the timing worked out really well, meaning my girls weren't even in school yet, but I was able to work from home. And so I was always there. And as they grew up and went through school, 
it was easier for me because I was working on my own to take time off and uh yeah if, if something would come up I could I could go so that was or they could come up and just hang out with me and so I I'm glad that happened um now I still I that's I guess that's working on my own I guess that's the flexibility I like yeah so, yeah the freedom for me has been everything over all the years that's what I, I need. I've really enjoyed talking to you guys about this. I think it's a great article. We'll put it in the show notes and and along with all the other things that we discuss. But thanks for going on this entrepreneurial journey with me today. I hope it helps some of our uh, friends and some of our shitters in the audience. <laughs> what are we calling them? <laughs> oh, and I, I just want to say this because I don't know how many people have responded, but if you have your own shit show story, Make sure to send us, you know, write it up, send us an email, let us know. I think we have a link for it, right? Yeah, there's a form on the website. Okay. Yeah. Even though it asks for your name, we won't share it. Don't worry. We just yeah. want to make sure you're real. I just type in Vaughn's we'll name. Incognito. Doesn't matter. Make up a Gmail address. It's okay. <laughs> just fill it out and turn it in. We've got at least five or six of them in there right now. So I'm yeah. excited for that episode. I don't soon. know who owns bill the cat at gmail.com but he gets a lot of junk mail because that's what i always use when i fill up <laughs> oh my god <laughs>